Hello, everybody. My name is Sharon Fincher, and welcome to Voices Through Avalon. We're here with the wonderful Katie Smith. Smith. <laughs> and a very special guest of ours, Miss Corporal Danny Woods, excuse me. Hello, hello. So thank you for coming, Danny. We really appreciate having you here. And what we wanted to do was talk about all of the wonderful work you do in the community and uh, really kick off Pride Month, which is coming up very, oh. very soon. Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny is um, one of the wonderful officers here, and she does a lot of community work. Um, we, um, Several of us at the office do a lot of work with her as well. And um, we just wanted to know a little bit about you and what you do and, and what we can look forward to when it comes to Pride Month. Ooh, how long do we have? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am the LGBT liaison for Detroit Police Department. And um, my role pretty much consists of ensuring that the LGBTQ community um, has a voice and is visible uh, both within the community and, oh, both within the community and uh, on the police department because we have several identifying members as well. Um, I do a lot of training, actually, yeah, a, a lot of training. We uh, Detroit has the only LGBT sensitivity, awareness, and competency training uh, certified by the state. So uh, I go all over training other law enforcement entities, uh, organizations, businesses. If you call, I'm coming. Right now I'm in a... Uh, Process Well, tomorrow is actually our last day. I've been training the TSA uh, since April. Uh, yeah, the beginning of April. And also um, trained the execs over at MDOC. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it's really stretching out. Um, had a conversation with Kalamazoo PD. And everybody's kind of getting on board with wanting to create this position also in their organizations. So that's really exciting that they see the need and um, are reaching out to uh, satisfy that role. So that's, that's a bonus um, along with the trainings, of course, uh, community involvement. I chair the LGBTQ community council, which Sharon is a hey. council member. <laughs> And we are doing some great things, a lot of great conversations, uh, particularly focusing on our elders at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And we had a very funny conversation today because we said, do we want to say elders or seniors <laughs> or what's, what's the proper, right. you know, so uh, working on that and some wonderful events. Um, but to kick off Pride Month. We have uh, hump day conversations. So on Wednesdays, we call them our hump day lives. And uh, to kick off June, we're going to have uh, the focus of the conversation is going to be social media and dating because there is a spike in crime with people um, engaging in online dating. You know, the whole meetup process. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's. It's becoming a thing is is very dangerous, you know, because mm -hmm. you never know who someone is really. Right. Mm -hmm. We're always meeting the representative. But um, unfortunately, there are people that prey on uh, LGBT members, specifically gay and queer men and trans women. And it, it's getting out of hand. 
and you know we're trying to combat that and provide as much awareness uh as we can but also want to hear from the community and their take on it because you know we understand you know people have different ways in which they uh date or Mm -hmm. you know if this is an outlet for them but um we really need to hone in on some safety tips regarding that so that'll be our first um event for pride and we're going to do a pride ride Mm. yeah so that's going to be really fun um throughout the streets of detroit we're working on a route right now and we want everyone to wear their pride gear whatever (laughs) that may be it's going to be a very uh very nice spectrum of uh colors and expression mm-hmm. uh with that activity uh you know just really bringing everybody out in solidarity and togetherness and celebrating pride so we're really excited about that uh definitely doing another hump day conversation we want to do a couple in pride just to really engage everyone um we also have a we're working on the title but uh <laughs> single senior mingle senior soiree something um to celebrate and just kind of bring the the uh pioneers of the community and the leadership and just folks our our seniors that want to come out and mingle and dance and whatever it is they want to do we want to provide that space and opportunity for them to engage them as well because Mm -hmm. often they're kind of lost in the sauce so yeah well well thank you for all of that and especially um you know, something that we deal with a lot in, in our organization is the, the meeting up. Mm-hmm. When I meet you online, we meet up. And, and you're right. We have no idea because social media has allowed us to create a false person, mm-hmm. <laughs> a representative. You know what I'm saying? And then when you actually encounter these people, nothing like what you thought. And then mm-hmm. a lot of times it puts a lot of people in danger. So even with some of the clients that we see from all ages, um, that is how... The interaction, you know, the interaction initiated is because they met somebody mm-hmm. online and they found themselves in a very dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, thank you for that. Um, and I hope, you know, the attendance for that is is high because yeah. that's something that we need to talk to. I know coming from our generation or my generation, we didn't have social media. Right. We didn't, you know, I didn't get a cell phone till I like, you know, was in my 20s. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I really had to like meet people and exchange phone numbers and get a vibe for them. Yeah. And if they didn't have a way to communicate, we just didn't communicate. Or you'd be out and you see somebody. And now, you know, the access to people is, is, is just so much. Mm-hmm. So immediate. Yeah. And, um, you know, you see a picture and it may not even be that person. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just amazing how things have transitioned from what it used to be to you know, to what it is now. And I know, you know, when we talk to younger people, I know someone like, you just, you just, oh, you just know I'm safe because yeah. I know the other side of what could happen and I hope that it doesn't happen. So yeah. I think too, um, people don't know how to communicate anymore. You yeah. know, people talk like they text, you know, or a, a conversation in person is too much. And it's like, oh, well, text me, well, text me. I hate texting. Actually, I mm-hmm. do it because that's my, the you know, whoever I'm communicating with, that's their source of communication. I'm like, oh, okay. I know. Mm-hmm. I, I catch myself when I'm texting people, like, overemphasizing things, like, with exclamation points mm-hmm. and emojis because that's how I am in person. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid if I put a period, they're going to think that I'm mad at them or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God forbid, all caps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had a conversation with somebody and we were, we were, we were texting. 
and I just felt like the conversation was going in 50 different directions. I mm-hmm. said it would be much easier if we just had a conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some people like to text and I like the personal conversations. Yeah, me so, too. You know. Um, so we talked about pride and all of the things that, you know, that you that you are working on and, and, you know, with the community and everything like that. And, again, we really appreciate you for all of your work and everything. Um we, well, my job here at Avalon is the access coordinator and I work with underserved communities. And definitely the LGBTQ community is one of those communities that's mentioned that, that I work with. So the relationship with you and what you do in, in different other sectors of law enforcement and, and the judicial system and things like that are very important. Um, we we realize, and you mentioned um, the gay men and the trans women, especially trans women of color, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the violence against them. Um, what are some programs or things that you know of um, that can help? We do have clients and we service everybody. And there are sometimes some people that are looking for resources and outlets um, to receive, like, support or, you know, find um, people that are similar to them that they can really be open with and confide in and get resources from. Um, what I do notice, and I'm glad that you are doing one of, you know, the things that you're doing, and I always say that the activists in Detroit are, you know, leaps and bounds in oh, front yeah. of everybody else. Um, and we do a lot of things here where other people want to come in and, and, and learn from us, mm-hmm. you know. So just looking at other parts of the country um there's a shortage of information and resources for people so for people here um in addition to what you do um do you have any other resources or things where you know people can find help um <clears throat> so we have within this well actually the the city and and metro detroit there are a lot of organizations actually that have those support groups and mm-hmm. uh kind of meetups and things of that nature where you can find support. So uh, we know Affirmations has a a few things. Um, LGBT Detroit has a few things. Uh, Ruth Ellis is uh, Ruth Ellis specifically for the youth. You know, they have a lot of programs. Um, Sage, you know, for our elders, Uh, Sasha Center, you know, you all, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a lot of organizations that offer that support. I think the thing is people don't know how to contact or how to gain access. And so that's why it's important to kind of connect with people and that whole communication thing and being involved. Because we also get people that say, hey, I want to be involved. I want to help. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so um, just kind of connecting the pieces to this puzzle. Um, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot of things out here. You know, I could probably run down all the organizations. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, they're they're definitely out here. OK. Um, Danny, I'm just curious, like um, what what motivates you in your position? Like, how did you get into this work? I mean, what are the some aspects of it that you really love? So it's going to sound really corny and very cliche, but I literally love helping. Like I, I literally love it. You know, people ask, like, what's the highlight of your day or, you know, what what is most satisfying when someone says, thank you for helping me. That is like the best feeling in the world. Um, 
and it's the the motivation is because I I live this life. So it's more than just my job. It's more than just my career. It's it's my ministry. You know, I walk this walk. Uh, so I'm not just fighting for community. I'm fighting for us because I'm, you know, part of it. Um, and there just needs to be equality across the board. And that is just my mission. And until I get it, I'm just going to keep pushing and fighting. And, you know, people have this misconception that the community wants all of these, this special treatment, this preferential treatment. And it's not that at all. We just want to be covered by the same uh, civilities that you are. You know, we want to be able to go into a restaurant and not be judged or turned away because we're with the same sex or, you know, someone that identifies differently than you. And, you know, that protection that folks have, we don't. And so it's not about, uh, you know, preferential treatment get away from that it's just about equality and the real equality not face value or lip service or smoking mirrors like real equality um i was appointed to this position in 2011 but it became my primary role when uh chief craig came in in 2013 he's like no this all those task force and and undercover that that no no more this is what you're doing and um 2013 was the the start and there was no blueprint no go by no nothing just i don't know what to do <laughs> but you know here we are doing and great. we're the blueprint for yeah. other law enforcement agencies so we're doing something right that was beautifully put i'm so yeah. glad i asked you those questions <laughs> since since taking the role and it's been 10 years now um, what are what are some of the obstacles that you've had? Ooh, um, huh. well, this, this current climate with uh, yeah. law enforcement and and community is very heavy, um, but it is such a blessing that uh, DPD is rooted in community already. We didn't mm-hmm. just start. You know, we weren't reactive to community engagement. We were proactive because that's what we do. Um, our community has a seat at the table. They have a voice, you know, and when we're implementing programs and policies, we invite the community in. And a lot of people don't know that. And they compare us to, you know, other departments. But, you know, I I get it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're in the uniform, automatically you all are like this. Um, I can say that uh, some of the biggest obstacles are, um, getting specifically to LGBTQ, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So getting the community to understand that it is not okay to be a victim and you can make your reports and follow up and you have support to navigate you and, and, you know, help you through the process. I think that um, because there is so much weighing down on us as far as, um, all the little things that make us us who we are, we're apprehensive mm-hmm. about uh, reporting and even more apprehensive about going the distance because when you think about, okay, I've made I've called the police, they'll take it from here, but you know you have to make a statement, then there's the court process, and after after we do our part and it goes to the courts, 
sometimes that's where the the disappointment kind mm-hmm. of comes in. Yeah. Because our our court systems are set up how they are, and uh, that's a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> um, people sometimes don't feel as if they're going to get justice or the justice that they thought they were going to get mm-hmm. is minimal to none. And that can be very discouraging. So in trying to not motivate, but trying to ensure that uh, the people know we're going to handle your case with the utmost care mm-hmm. and, and attention. So, Bear with us, but we need you to do your part, too. Right. And I, I know it can be scary and hard, but that's one of the biggest obstacles. Yeah. And and we see that, too. You know, being an advocate and, and trying to get people, um, you know, one of the things that we do at work that I really love is that we we can accompany. So, you know, me building a relationship with you and law enforcement and things like that, when we have a client that comes in and they may not necessarily feel comfortable talking to law enforcement, they feel comfortable with us mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we can kind of be that bridge to gap, you know, um, all of the, all of the things that they may have anxiety about centered around law enforcement. You know what? To your point, um, one of the things that the council is also working on is mm-hmm. integrating advocates yeah. into DPD so that the community has advocates specifically mm-hmm. for them people that understand their walk mm-hmm. their their traumas their everything you know because advocates are are great but sometimes that that extra layer of understanding you know because training is fine mm-hmm. but when you walk that walk it is a totally different experience and understanding and yeah. so that's one of the things to get yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that Um, I do appreciate Detroit Police Department for being so involved in the community and letting the community be involved in what we're doing. So, for example, I'm on the council. That's huge. Um, We've had meetings with Chief Craig and we've we've talked about different concerns and and things like that. And Chief Craig has been great in listening. And so, you know, when I talk to people from other parts of the country, they're like, how do y'all do that? And I'm like, I don't know. They're very receptive to what we have to say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always say, uncomfortable conversations create change so (laughs) that's what happened and speaking of creating change one of the proudest moments that um and we've talked about this you know and me knowing danny um professionally and personally was the creating change conference and danny literally created change and i know it was very tough for danny (laughs) but it was something that i felt like needed to happen and sometimes when you find yourself in in a very uncomfortable compromising situation and you have to go through things you'd be surprised how much, you know, how effective you are and how you kind of created a clear path for other people. So, you know, if you don't mind talking about that a little bit. Ooh-wee. Okay. So <laughs> long story short, um, the Creating Change Conference was here in Detroit. I forget what year. Was that 16 or 17? Somewhere in there. Um, 17, 18? Yes. 18, I don't know. One, of, one of them. January. Um, yeah. But they they came to Detroit, and this is a huge conference. Like, they draw in 10,000 or more people, over 300 workshops and activities. So The largest LGBT conference in the world. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's huge, and they held it at the Renaissance Center. And basically, I was discriminated against because I was an officer. Um, I was uninvited. I was... <laughs> uh, Invited to be on uh, a panel, what what the L, all things lesbian, um, and in a security meeting, 
the organizers asked me if I was attending and I'm like, sure, of course I am. I'm on the panel and their whole energy shifted and I was uninvited and told that I could not come. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was told I could not come. And so I was beyond devastated to say the least, but in that moment, all of these things were beginning to fill me up besides uh, anger and disappointment and sadness. I thought about my community and I'm like all the work that we do here. So somebody didn't do their homework to see um, how we're operating here in Detroit. And this is a huge slap in the face to Mm -hmm. all the people that are putting in work to actually create change Mm -hmm. and to tell me I can't come. And I, and I understand people's triggers and traumas with law enforcement. So I was not, um, I I wasn't, I was very sensitive to that, but they didn't even give me an opportunity to say, well, I can wear a soft uniform. That's not a problem. Or, you know, I can do this or that. They they didn't give that. You are uninvited. You cannot come. And so when I got in my car, I literally just burst out in tears and I could not hold it together. I'm getting emotional now. Um, But then I, Posting on Facebook, and I normally don't even do things like that, but I had to let the community know that um, when you attend this conference this weekend, I won't be there, and this is why. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, not even, I promise you, not even five minutes after that post, the community was outraged. Like, how do you come to our city and tell our liaison? She, I mean, it was, they, it was bad. It was, it, I mean, but they showed up in ways that I, I never expected, you know, and I was beyond humbled. And then I'm crying about that. They really love me. <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> but it was, it was, um, a very eye opening experience. And even, uh, once the word got out and the organizations went up to the to the Riverside Center and they were pulling their sponsorship mm-hmm. or saying, we're not participating if she's not here. Like, you guys don't get it. And so, you know, they were calling me all that night. We need to have a conversation. I'm like, I don't want to talk to you. You know, <laughs> I was really deep in my feelings. But we wound up meeting the next day and um, we ironed a lot of things out and, um I wound up being on the panel and participating mm-hmm. and going to the conference. And that moment was uh, eye-opening for them. That was a very teachable moment mm-hmm. for them, uh, especially with Detroit and how we get down. So, yeah. yeah. You literally created change. Yeah. Literally, literally. She literally <laughs> created change. She literally. We were all there. And I, we, we were like, I'm not doing, you know. And it was just a lot of a lot of that. And it was eye-opening. I mean, not even for them, but for us, too, because... Detroit wasn't having it. No. But it was really to show the 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 efforts that we made here mm-hmm. and how we had worked so hard here for us to even be in a position to fight for her cuz this this isn't happening, you know. Yeah. Um but thank you for that and I appreciate it and I love you for that. That's one of my proudest Danny moments and I know it was Aww. difficult for you but you know, it was it was an aha as Oprah says, an aha moment for a lot of us. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, community. Yeah. Yeah. And the community here is dope. I tell people that all the time. I brag about it. Yeah. Unapologetically. I love it. <laughs> um, so thank you for making yourself somebody to look up to. You know, one of the things that I always talk about is if we had people that look like us, 
that were us when we were kids, we'd probably be doing way more. Oh, yeah. But we those people now. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to, to all the little us's that's looking up. Just know that anything is possible and, and you can do whatever it is that you want to do. And, and there are great people that you can have in your circle. We need to coin that, the us's. The I us's, like that. You know, yeah, that's what we do. Um, so we're going to go into one of Katie's favorite things to do on the podcast. The lightning round. The <laughs> lightning round. Here we go. <laughs> so I want to know, what is your favorite restaurant here in Detroit? Oh, gosh. Oh, because I know a lot of the owners personally, so they might get <laughs> mad. Um, well, I mean, I'll give you like three. Sharon and I love food, so yeah, we have yeah, Okay, yeah. okay. So um, Riding Company. Mm. London okay. Chop House. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a steak girl, so a good steak. <laughs> you, you you've got me, and uh, I'm gonna go with. Mm, oh no, I can't think. Okay, we'll just go Wright Company <laughs> and London Chop House for okay. right now. Good choices. I love that chandelier in the corner of the turret. Isn't it so beautiful? Oh gosh, it's, <laughs> it's so, so beautiful. It's like you have the ambiance and the deliciousness. Yeah, of the yeah, food. yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay. Uh, tell me, um, who is somebody that inspires you, that you really look up to? Uh, wow. You know what? I hope this doesn't sound so cliche. Um, <laughs> no, because I've really learned a lot from this person. Uh, and I watch them with a very um, in is that a word? Intentful? Is that a word? It is today. I. Um, yes. I would actually say the chief. Sweet. I That's actually awesome. do. Yeah, he's unapologetic about a lot of things that he does, um, but he's very open and willing to have those difficult conversations. And as much as he hates to be wrong and will probably <laughs> deny ever being wrong, mm-hmm. um, I really uh, admire him. Yeah, that's he, awesome. He, he's done some brave things. I'm like, ooh, you sure you want to do that? Too late, it's done. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll try that too. Be just as bold. Very awesome. cool. Yeah. Um, favorite song? At last, Etta James. Oh, really? A, yeah, I'm such a, a romantic. I'm such a ro- I'm a hopeless romantic too. It's, oh, it's a classic it one. Yes, it is. Okay, and final question: uh, What brings you? back to this work every day like what keeps you going every day wanting to come back to your job and 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 do this work um the people the people bring me back uh it's it's in my heart it's like I can't not do it you know I've got 20 I'm going into my 21st year with DPD it doesn't look like it does no not at all actually (laughs) I I wish you guys could see her eyebrows they're amazing <laughs> I'm going to 21 years with DPD, and it's just it. Throughout my career, I've always been a different kind of police officer. You know, I'm not the hard nose, write a ticket, lock up. You know, I like to educate people and really teach them how not to get in this situation again. And so it, it's the people, and then when it becomes personal, my own. You know, community of folks, whether I'm talking about women, people of color, LGBTQ, whatever it is, um, 
there is just such a need and somebody has to be there to make things happen for them. And I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I operate as if I am, you know, I'm so accessible. <laughs> Another favorite song, Flaws and All, Beyonce. Okay. Hmm. I just hmm. thought of that. Yeah. Because I'm a wreck. <laughs> but people love me. <laughs> we, we all a wreck. We all have our moments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Danny. I, I'm so happy thankful that I finally got to sit down and really get to have a conversation with you. I remember the first time I ever met you was in 2018 at the Women in Blue um, ceremony and you had won an award. Please forgive me. Yeah, woman, female officer of the year. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just remembered really being inspired by your story and just thinking what a warm and like eloquent person you were when when you accepted your award and I thought, oh, this makes sense. So, and now sitting down with you, I just feel like you're like a warm hug. Oh, thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thank you. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and we look forward to you listening to us again soon. And I am Sharon Fincher. I'm Katie Smith. And everybody be safe and have a great day.